Legally Blonde, Suits, My Cousin Vinny. All badass lawyers, all different. Which begs the question, what type of lawyer do you want to be? Don't waste another second thinking, ugh, I don't even know what types of lawyers there are. Trust us, we've been there. Let's put a stop to that once and for all. Go take the 90-second quiz from new lawyer now what coach Angela Vorpal to give yourself a clear picture of the best fit type law for you. Go to www.whattypeoflawyerquiz.com and take the quiz today. Once you've taken the quiz, send us a DM on Instagram to let us know what type of lawyer you got. We can't wait to hear. Hi guys, and welcome back to the Ladies Who Law School podcast. I'm Sam. And I'm Haley. And this week's episode is sponsored by Barcast Audio. So for any of you that don't know what Barcast is, but I mean, if you've been listening to the podcast, you probably do know what it is. But in case you don't, Barcast Audio are podcasts like audio lessons that will help you with the bar. And there's now 1L supplements, basically case briefs and breakdowns of all the 1L subjects basically to help you get the best out of your cold call and just get prepped for class. Yes, guys, you can use our code ladies, L-A-D-I-E-S at barcastaudio.com slash 1L to get your first month free of this 1L subscription. This is your chance to ace that cold call. So use our code and make all of your co-students jealous. So this week we chatted with Lauren Boyd. She is amazing. Um, She was like about to pop literally when we talked to her and um, she just has really good insight into if you want to be a transactional lawyer and kind of what that looks like, opening up your own firm and working in-house. So this is definitely an episode that you guys are going to enjoy. So on that note, let's welcome our guest. All right, guys, please help me welcome our guest, Miss Lauren Boyd. Hi, Lauren. How are you? Good. I am so excited to be joining you today. We are so excited to have you. So Lauren, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. Well, let's see. Um, I am an attorney here in Phoenix, Arizona, and I actually never knew I wanted to be an attorney, but somehow my crazy journey has led from law school to corporate law to actually owning my own boutique law firm and hiring a team underneath me. So it's it's been quite the journey, but one that I, I honestly could not have pictured enjoying as much as I had. I think I always knew I'd have my own business. But when I was going through business school, I actually had no clue that that business, fast forward, I don't even want to say how many years, so like <laughs> 10 years, I don't know, something like that, yeah. um, that it would be a boutique law firm. Wow. That's amazing. So tell us, where did you go to law school? So I went to law school at the University of Arizona. I actually had just finished up my finance and entrepreneurship degrees at the um, business college next door and was piqued interest in law school because 
really we had Mockville Council as third year from third year law students. And I kind of just loved how they were coming in and they were helping not only our business venture that we were kind of creating, but also other teams. And I just thought it was like this really interesting blend of kind of the finance part of my brain, the proactive side, but also the creative side that like enjoyed entrepreneurship. Um, our venture did not launch, um, obviously. I will say that there's some things out there in the market that are very similar to what our plan was thinking of. But I knew that there had to be the next step. Like, what was I going to do after I graduated? And a career in finance wasn't really lighting me up. And so I was kind of looking for what that next thing was going to be. And I honestly, on a whim, was like, well, I'll just apply to law school. I'll take the LSAT. I'll apply to law school. Probably won't get in. And I'll have a year to figure it out. And then I got in under early admission and was like, well, I guess I'm going to law school. (laughs) So when you got to law school, you know, what was your first year experience like? And what were some highs and lows throughout your career there? Well... I'll be like totally honest. I, you know, a lot of people that had come to law school at, at at the time for me were not people that I knew. It wasn't like I wasn't a poli sci major. I wasn't in this community of people who like were moving on up into law school. No one from my graduating business college was actually going to law school. Um, actually, I take that back. There might there I think there was one person. But I didn't know well, we didn't share, we didn't share a major. Um, and so it wasn't like I had this kind of community. I a lot of people I actually felt like were really new, like we're new to Arizona, we're new to Tucson, and we're looking to, you know, make friends, kind of build this community. They really kind of, I think a lot of people, you know, wanted to go kind of the traditional route, wanted to go into litigation. I knew that that's something from day one that I wanted to avoid. And I think that shaped like where I put my effort, you know, I kind of felt like, well, you know, I already have friends that live here in this town and I already have a routine because I'd already gone to you know school there for four years yeah. that I think I kind of had like removed myself from a little bit of that and a little bit of the, you know, natural competition that comes with law school and being graded on a curve. Yeah. And I work really well on my own. So I was pretty independent when it came to studying had a good group of friends. I still talk to them today, um, but I kept my group pretty small. So, and it's funny because I'm usually very outgoing, but I will say in law school, like for me, I treated it more like a job. Like it was something that I went and I did. And when I left, I left and I was never really like super involved in all of the like law school things. So I feel like it kind of like be like, story of don't do what I did. Like not that making relationships aren't important. The relationships I made in law school have served me really well. I've really enjoyed watching everyone bloom into their different careers, but I will say I was someone who kind of isolated myself, I guess. Um, And I think, you know, ultimately maybe an element of that came from the fact that I didn't always plan on going to law school and I was really feeling out you know, where my place was, where I, how I wanted this to work. So when you were in law school, you know, what were you picturing as your career after law school, if you necessarily weren't going down the litigation route? Yeah, I think I knew that my goal would be to go in-house, that I didn't have this plan on launching a law firm straight out. That was not something that was even on my radar. 
Um, instead, I figured I would kind of go into business. Knowing I had a finance degree, an entrepreneurship degree, um, I would that would be kind of the route. But I will say, I did try out a few things. I did look into trust and estates and kind of dabbled a little bit in that to kind of see what that could look like. I liked the proactive kind of financial side of that area. Um, but ultimately, just picked my courses based on negotiations, contract drafting, mediation, um, anything that touched business, you know, and really let that kind of be my foundation. And then just focused on, especially going into my third year, finding the right internship because I wanted to try out other things. I didn't want to go in just because I was a business, you know, major and totally shut myself off from other things. I volunteered in family court, bankruptcy court. Um, and like I said, did an internship in estate and trust planning. Um, but ultimately like still loved the business side and still went back actually full circle was mock legal counsel from, for, um, students in the entrepreneurship program, my third year of law school. So it was really interesting. I will say my, probably my biggest challenge. And I remember this so vividly, my biggest challenge in law school was coming back after my first semester so second semester had just started. We were in, we were required to take a legal writing class. I think this was like the second semester of legal writing. And I do, I'm like, I'm a great contract drafter. Legal writing in the sense that they wanted us to be wasn't necessarily my strong suit. And I knew that more than anything, I knew I wasn't going to go into that area. So I think I kind of lacked a little bit of passion, but I wanted to do well. And I had this professor that I just... We had a very small class. I just felt like there were just, I, we didn't click. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember leaving class one day and calling my dad in tears and was like, I think I'm going to quit law school. <laughs> and he goes, okay, great. So what, what are you going to do instead? And I was like, I don't know. And he was like, well, then it sounds like you better figure out a way to stick it out. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I was just kind of feeling out of place. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everybody wants to do it this way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm, I'm not going to fit the mold, you know, here. And, you know, this is only the start and people are getting ready to, to do the, to do the write on for journals. And I don't want to do that. Like, am I going to, is this going to be hard to kind of stick to my, my plan, like my vision here? And once I kind of got over that and just doubled down on what I wanted my experience to be, it really helped. So it sounds like to me from the beginning, you knew that you wanted to be, you know, quote, a transactional lawyer. Did you know that that's what it was called when you were in this process? Maybe I, you know, to be honest, I'm not sure if I knew that that, you know, transactional was kind of the distinction right? because I think all you see on TV, right. You see the judges, you see litigation, you see all of that. I mean, I loved all of those shows myself and I had done internships. When I applied to law school, I started an internship for a um, construction default and personal injury firm that was actually a relationship of a, a friend of a, like a friend, it was his uncle that owned this, um, this firm and it was great education, but they did litigation. And so for me, that was everything I had seen. Um, yeah. My parents are entrepreneurs. So I did see that they had a lot of things that came up in their day-to-day business that wasn't litigation. Unfortunately, they've had litigation as well. And I knew that those attorneys were different, but I didn't, I don't think you fully know the amount of 
opportunities that are available to you until honestly you leave law school and you really figure it out because I do think they channel you into some very traditional, like they feed that traditional system of, you know, going into big law. And I think we're starting to finally see that there's so many more opportunities out there. Absolutely. I mean, not only does it get pushed, you know, big law, but also just the law firm in general. And that's something we try to do here is just open up everyone's eyes to the different opportunities out there. The quote, JD preferred jobs, all these different things that are new and are changing the entire landscape of the legal field. So I'm so excited to have you on here to talk about transactional law, because I know so many close friends of ours that want to do exactly what you're doing. And so what do you tell the law student who is like, okay, yeah, I want to be just like her. I don't want to be in the courtroom unless, you know, I have to be, I guess, but transactional law is where I want to be. So yeah, what would you tell them to do in law school? So I would say on I mean, of course you take your required classes um, and, you know, things that are going to substantively help you on the bar. But I was just really picky about taking things that were going to move me forward in that transactional world and anything that would help me gain negotiation skills, mediate. I took, I think, I think I took several negotiation classes and mediation, anything that was really helping in that sense, because you do naturally get some of the court litigation experience in some of the required courses, but there, there is not an emphasis in the negotiations actually look very different than showing up for court. Um, and so that really helped prepare me. Um, just any business courses for me were really helpful. So go through the catalog of courses and really be picky. And I honestly think I, if I remember correctly, it's been, it's been a little bit, I think I built out kind of like, okay, I'm going to start here and I'm going to work through these courses. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of knew what was going to build on each other. And I knew where I was headed um, in those types, in those types of courses. And I will say it sounds hard, but don't do the things that you feel like you're so you have to do, right? Like the quote unquote have to do, right? Do the required things, you know, to graduate. But like I didn't write on a journal. And I'm probably saying it wrong because I don't know, I never like entered into that world at all. I I didn't do the write on. I didn't try. For me, I knew that that was not aligned with the end goal. And so I took myself out from that. There is already so many pressures, so many things that you can be doing. Spend your time where it's going to make a difference in your overall goal. If I ever wanted to go out and do litigation, I'm sure at this point I could figure it out. Like I could learn, I could find a way to learn and get the tools that I needed to become a litigation attorney. Journal or some of the like quote unquote have to's, they're not going to change that. Once you become an experienced attorney and you go out and get experience in the world. Law school is a great foundation and there's definitely elements of what you learned that you will apply to life. But remember, all the classes that you take are just giving you that like really great foundation. You're going to learn everything hands-on when you're out in your career. I mean, it's trial by fire when you're out in your career. Um, You know, I didn't learn anything that I did in my corporate job specifically from law school. It was the tools. It was kind of the understanding. It was how to handle myself 
Those were the things that I learned in law school. So kind of take the pressure off. Like, don't feel like if you don't get to one class that it's going to like totally ruin you. Um, so it's, I think just removing yourself from the have tos and really just picking class, the classes that are going to, you know, together build a really nice foundation and more than anything, make sure that, you know, have you test that that's the area that you're interested in. I took a lot of estates and trust classes because a, is it helpful in life? Absolutely. But I wanted to make sure that I didn't want to go into that area. So don't be afraid to test other areas. We'll be right back. Hey guys, we want to take a moment to talk about something that has been a game changer for us busy lawyers, Audible. Yes, Audible has been our go-to platform for incredible audiobooks, offering an extensive library of thrillers, nonfiction, autobiographies, and mysteries. And guess what? We've got a special treat for you. Audible is offering a free trial to our listeners, and all you need to do is check the link in the show notes. It's the perfect opportunity to experience the magic of audiobooks without spending a dime. Speaking of thrillers, I know you are currently hooked on Never Lie by Frieda McFadden. Samantha, can you tell us a little bit about it? Absolutely. The twists and turns in Never Lie have kept me on the edge of my seat during the workday and even when I'm on my daily walks. It's like having a suspenseful companion wherever I go. And for those looking for some financial wisdom, I have been engrossed in My Money, My Way by Kamuku Love. It's packed with practical advice on managing finances, perfect for anyone trying to navigate the complexities of money management. What we love most is the flexibility Audible offers. As lawyers, our schedules can be unpredictable, but with Audible, we can enjoy our favorite books on the go, whether we're stuck in traffic, hitting the gym, or waiting for a court hearing. So if you're ready to embark on a literary journey and discover the joys of audiobooks, click the link in the show notes to start your free trial with Audible. Trust us, you won't want to miss out on this fantastic offer. So once you got to 3L, surely you were thinking, okay, where am I going to work? So what did you do to find your first job? You know, did it stem from an internship you had or just tell us about that process? Yeah. So for me, I actually knew going into my third year of law school, I already had a job lined up Um, because I, my 1L, let's see, between 1L and 2L, (laughs) <laughs> okay. So I did one between one L and two L I did estates and trusts, um, because I wanted to see how it felt. I wanted to go work at a law firm, be present. And I wanted to kind of test that area. Um, knowing that I still loved business, you know, but I, again, test other areas, make sure you love them going into my, you know, two L summer or going, you know, third, three L year, I really wanted to, like get business experience. I was like, if that is the goal of going in-house is the goal, I'm going to find an internship that puts me in that place. Um, so I actually went on, God, I think it was like monster.com is where I found my internship. Like it was like one of the job sites and I found my own internship. I applied. I was one of three legal interns at a fortune 100 company, my summer going into my 3L year. And I was offered a full-time position um, when I was completing the internship. And I actually worked there part-time my whole 3L year. 
and then just took some time off to study for the bar. And then I went back to work for them. Wow. I mean, I think that that would be a dream for some of our friends who are currently at their internship or externship right now. And, you know, what do you say to the people who there's an opening or like, how do you secure that job? How did that work for you? So gosh, it was so long ago. I'm like, how did I, how did I do that? Um, You know, I think more than anything, it's showing that you have a commitment to kind of the vision. A lot of people aren't hiring internships because they want to give an intern experience. I mean, granted, they're not hiring an intern because, you know, they're definitely going to offer you a full-time position, but that's what they're thinking. They're training you. They want to know that you are someone that is ready to kind of step into a role if, if you fit the bill. And so I think for me, it was, they knew that I was committed a to moving back up to Phoenix um, from Phoenix. I was in Tucson for school. They knew I was committed to moving back up to Phoenix. They knew that I was committed to staying in this area of law because people will start to feel you out where are you headed? Where are you going? You know, what are you ultimately interested in? And those things matter. And as an employer now, I definitely feel that way. I feel the, you know, the, you know, the pressure to make the right decisions because hiring somebody, whether they're an intern or not, is a big investment of time and money and energy. And they're going to make sure that they're putting it with someone who is, you know, a good potential candidate for, you know, their next opening. So showing that you're, you can be that person, I think is really the best thing that you can do. And again, find your own opportunities. I'm not someone, I really kind of like bucked the tradition of school and I really went out there and I found my own, you know, opportunities. I didn't say like, well, they don't exist through their career center. So I guess I'll just, you know, go do something else. I was set on finding an opportunity like this. And there's so many in-house opportunities. Um, working in-house is one of the best things I could do, have done for my career. And I wouldn't take it back for a second. Um, look for them, be stubborn, find them yourself. I really don't feel like we have really entered, and I've been out of law school for a little bit, a place where law schools are supporting you going in-house. I still feel like they're directing you to go towards the traditional law firm. And if you want to do it differently, you're going to have to make your own opportunities. Okay. So what do you say about the myth that, oh, you can't get hired in-house right out of law school. You have to go work somewhere and get some experience before. Well, apparently it's not true. Obviously not (laughs) true. That's what I'm saying. Like, (laughs) Apparently it's not true. So don't, don't limit yourself. Don't don't believe that. I feel like exactly. Yeah. Don't believe it. Willing to ask for the opportunity potentially, even if, I mean, I feel like if I was in an, at an externship and there was a potential position open, would you suggest to me if I wanted that job to like even bring myself up into the conversation, right? Like, you know, even if maybe they haven't thought about it, sometimes planting that seed is an invaluable thing you could do for yourself. That is your absolute responsibility. No one is going to do any favors. No one's going to create opportunities for you. The, you know, remember, you know, law school is still secured in that law firm, you know, world and not even like, I don't even know. I haven't tried, but like, I don't know if they'd give me the time of day if I was like, I have a posting, like maybe, right. I haven't even gone because to be honest, they, they, I feel like they are so like, they, they find a lot of 
you know, um, glory in the size of a law firm that people are placed with and the big names. And they're not really looking to place a every student. And they're really not looking to place people at opportunities that are one-offs because that's not going to give them. Like, I doubt any law schools have the, this is how many people we placed in-house for internship as a stat. I don't think they have the, this is how many people we placed in-house as a stat after, after college, after, you know, graduating law school. I don't think that exists. I think their focus is on, you know, top law firms and the names, um, you know, and then the amount of money that people make. Exactly. Cause that's where the rankings come from and yeah. things of that nature. You're so right. So whenever you were working in-house how long did you work there and what, how did you feel in that career? So love, hate relationship. Um, but I was also working in a fortune 100 company. It was a huge company. It was a global company. Um, and I will say they didn't have a very updated corporate culture. Um, it wasn't like one of the sexy companies that has a ping pong table and a snack room and free coffee, right? Like it just wasn't, they had really, they haven't entered the new era. Um, you know, so it was definitely like a very traditional corporate firm, uh, corporate in-house, you know, um, corporation. And for me, it was like all I, I got to travel. I mean, so it was that love hate. So, you know, outdated culture, but I got to travel my first, I think my first trip. Yeah. was to Hawaii, wow. um, to negotiate a contract. We, I supported, um, the airline industry. And so I actually used to negotiate with a lot of the big airlines here in the States. Yeah. And so my first trip was out to um, Hawaii to negotiate a contract. And then I mainly spent most of my time back and forth for several more years negotiating um, in Dallas with, you know, some of the biggest airlines in the world yeah. um, on contracts. I negotiated over $3 billion worth of revenue in commercial contracts internationally during my time in corporate law. It was incredible but also trial by fire. They really did. Like I was the attorney in the room representing my corporation. And did I have to get approvals for certain things? Was there kind of procedures? Absolutely. But I was the person in the room. And oftentimes I was the person in the room with someone who was my father's age, who had kids my age. And so that dynamic was very interesting and a very hard one, you know, a hard one to learn because you're trying to, not only, you know, represent your company well and negotiate and draw a hard line, but also build a relationship with this person that you're going to continue to negotiate with multiple contracts over time during your career. So it's not, there's no, like, you can't really give ultimatums. Like it can't be, Mm -hmm. it's not this one-time contention. It's building a relationship, building respect, building authority, but also representing the interests of your company with sometimes people that we're having a hard time realizing who is sitting across the table for them. And usually though we'd start the negotiations over email and do it virtually often, we would end up across from a table in person, hashing out points in a contract, you know, real time. And that was, that was a skill, but it was an incredible skill. And I, that's the trial by fire part. I really reference because that has made me a, 
and in, you know, a much better attorney and so much better for that experience. But ultimately that was probably one of the the main reasons that I wanted to leave corporate law. And, um, you know, I did know that I could go in in house someplace else, find a different corporate culture, you know, represent a different, you know, company, negotiate with different companies um, to mix things up. But ultimately there was just this little like tug on my heart, like, think I could try something else first. Um, and so that's ultimately what led me away it was not, you know, a bad experience was not that I didn't think it was possible to find the right fit as far as in-house goes. I just, you know, for me, it was kind of looking ahead and I've actually always wanted to become a mom. And when we're recording this, I'm very pregnant. By the time this airs, I probably will have a baby (laughs) Um, because we are that close. Um, So even if you guys are super quick on getting this released, I probably will still have a child. (laughs) Um, So exciting. But that's honestly what made, helped make my decision was because even being in-house, just like, I mean, so I was talking with a friend actually last week over coffee. She also has now moved to in-house. I've had two friends this past year. We've now been out of law school for at least five years. Um, We've had two friends move into in-house positions in the last, I would say, six months. And it's been really interesting to hear, you know, what their feel at these different companies that they're at. And they're really enjoying it because I will say you do have a little bit more, you know, time, personal time when you work in-house. So, for example, I was at a wedding this past April and we were sitting around a table of all these people I went to law school with and they were, we were at a Friday wedding because COVID and rescheduling and you know, the the mess that that is. Mm -hmm. Well, they were actually sharing that they had full Fridays, um, full Saturdays and Sundays planned. And all of these people who are at great, great law firms here in Phoenix, they had full, full days ahead of them coming on the weekend, working at these firms. Mm -hmm. And that was not something that I really experienced being in-house. So I will say, even though I had long hours and sometimes would be on late or felt like tied to my phone or had to travel for work, I mm-hmm. really did have the benefit of, for the most part, being able to unplug on the weekends. And from what I'm hearing from my friends, that was not just where I was at, but seems to hold true with other in-house positions that even though the hours might be long during the week and you know, there's a lot of work from home happening across the board in general. Um, you know, so some late phone night, you know, phone calls when they're putting their little ones to bed or whatever it might be, they did do feel like on the weekends that that time is theirs. And from mm. some of my friends that are in law firms, they don't feel that that's true. So when it comes to kind of, you know, you've been into your career for a few years, because I really do think you have to stay in a career. I was there for over three years. And I wouldn't suggest moving positions at, you know, companies, unless you have to anything less than two, because when I've hired personally for my law firm, when someone is moving around every year, that's a strike against you, Mm. you know, because I want someone that's going to be committed to my firm and my clients. And I want someone that's going to be invested. And though that there might be a reason when you start to see a pattern of moving around too much, that becomes something that makes it hard for someone to want to hire based on. So, you know, stick it out, 
you need to get the experience somewhere, wherever it might be, stick it out for a few years, build that base, build the experience. I tried my hand at starting my own law firm. If it doesn't work, then I'll go work for somebody else. And that was about three years ago. Very cool. So, you know, going back to the story you just told about at the wedding, were most of those lawyers at the table at law firms, were they litigators or were they both transactional and litigators? You know, because I know you can do that at law firms, but sometimes I just wonder if it's the law firm culture versus being at a corporation or business. That's an excellent question. I, I do think the mix, there was a mix there, a mix of not only um, transactional versus litigation, but also a mix of practice areas. So a very wide range of, of practice areas. And I think it's, it's really a law firm culture thing. Um, when I hired, so we hire part-time positions in my firm. We, we really believe what's lacking in the legal industry is part-time positions, um, so that people can, you know, have families, but also have their career and do both. And so that's something that we're really passionate about. It serves our clients really well. They work four days a week and they get to do both, um, and, and really show up for their families. When I was actually hiring for that position, I had a flood of applications because people were like, this doesn't exist because they knew that if they went to law firms, that a part-time or, you know, of counsel position was one where, you know, that boundary wasn't really one that was going to be respected when they told friends. I heard this from actually one of my, my current associates. She told a friend that she wanted to work part-time and she was like, but you know, it's not really going to be part-time, right? Literally what I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, It's not really going to be part-time. They are very much, very much really part-time. Like they are truly part-time. We honor their boundaries. We honor their hours because that's the position. And that's the culture that we're creating in our firm. Because for me, that's why I left. I sat across from the table for my boyfriend at the time, now husband. And I said, I think I want to quit my very comfortable corporate law job. And at the time I owned my own house and I said, can you move in and help me pay the mortgage? And he did. And so obviously I married him because (laughs) he's, he'll go along with my crazy ideas and he still will to this day. And he moved in. I literally put my, you know, I circled for me. This is a good tip for anyone. I circled the date when I was going to put in my notice based on when my 401k vested at the at in-house. And so I knew when my 401k vested, I called to confirm <laughs> that it vested. And I think I quit within a week or two after that. And um, I literally opened up my computer on my first day, like my first Monday without a job and said, all right, how do people start a law firm? Um, got malpractice, did the whole thing. But yeah. it, it's too funny. Like you, you don't realize how many opportunities are out there. Yeah. And how many ways there are to do things now. Technology has made things so much more accessible, but it all starts with getting a really great foundation in law school, moving that into a really, really great experience and building connections while you're in your first career and, and not making the jump too soon to the next thing. Because <laughs> I really do believe like we live in a culture and you guys, I know you're not that much younger than me, but you know, we do live in a culture where a lot of my clients are small business owners and they have a lot of, you know, kids coming out of college and, you know, not normally out of 
graduate school, um, but coming out of college and there is this sense of, you know, they're not, not committing a little bit of entitlement. And so that is something you guys are dealing with having to kind of fight against that stereotype that's been put on you. And I think that that is going to have a lot to do. A lot of people I've talked to with staying, showing that you can have commitment at a place. It doesn't mean you can never leave. I want you to leave and find the right careers, but make sure you really make, you really honored your time at your first job because that, that time alone is going to help you get a better second job than jumping from one to the next, to the next. I truly believe if you spend, and this is just my perspective as an employer and from what I've seen from my friends and other, and talking with other business owners is the time invested at one place. If you were to stay three years at one place versus if you went to three places every year, someone is going to see the experience you had three years at one place as much more valuable. That's good for everyone to know, right? Because I know as we get ready to get our first job, you know, it just means so much to the employer, like you said, that they're investing in us, but we're also investing in them. So make sure you do your research and you're intentional about it because you don't want to have to hop around just to be able to find the right place to land. I actually love that that's the way you said it because it's not just taking the first job that's offered to you and being afraid that there's nothing else out there. It's being so committed to making sure that, like you said, the first job that you take is a step in the right direction. Don't settle on something because you can do something else. Find the thing that's going to set you up in the right direction the first time and be a little bit pickier. I was picky. I was very picky. Granted, going into third, my third year, I had a job, yeah. but I was very picky getting that internship to make sure that that was going to set me up. And if that didn't end up in an offer, I would have done next. I would have been just as intentional getting my first job because it is, it's so important these days. And I think with COVID too, you have a lot of businesses, any business of any size that has struggled to keep people and struggled to hire. Yeah. They are not taking the hiring process lightly anymore. So sure. you need to be intentional and you need to show commitment. And the more, the more intentional you are with the type of career picking, the easier that will be to show, right? If you are super excited about what this is setting you up for, that's going to come through in your interview and any of your communications really good advice yeah especially for you know people in our position where we're getting ready to you know join the legal world do do the adult thing yeah yeah it's crazy to think about right so let's talk a little bit about starting your own firm so you said you got on your computer and you started basically googling I'm assuming you know what do I do from here so how did you start like building your firm? When did you just, when did you decide I need to hire people, you know, an office, like all of that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's so funny. So I actually had a friend who just started her firm about, you know, a few months ahead of me and she actually happened to be a neighbor of mine. And it was like, she wasn't like a law school contact. She wasn't someone I worked with. This just became a great friend of mine. And I kind of told her, I said, you know what? I would love to start my own firm one day. 
And she was like, you're only going to regret not doing it sooner. And I literally like that quote has stuck with me. And so, so I literally love that you say that. Uh, it, that like changed the trajectory because I think I always knew, especially coming from entrepreneurial family and, you know, having that background, um, my husband, actually his family's entrepreneurial as well. Um, I think I always knew that was the direction. I just didn't know when, um, I will say there is this element of me that is, is really glad that I did it when I did it, that I did it a little, when it was a little scary soon, because, you know, as, you know, as a female, as someone who, for me, having, you know, building a family, having kids was part of my plan, like was part of the vision. Um, It doesn't have to be, but for me, that's, I knew that that was going to be a part of it. It is a big change (laughs) in your life to, to, you know, to build a life where you can be at home and build a family and take time away. And I'm really glad that I gave myself several years in my firm to really build it up to where it is today so that I can step back and I can enjoy this, this period of life because it's still hard, you know, being a business owner and stepping into motherhood is still going to be hard at this point. But I will say her words of advice couldn't have rung more true. You'll only regret not doing it sooner. And I'm glad I did it when I did it because it's made today possible. Um, So let's see, I walked out of my corporate job. I remember walking across the parking lot. They told me, if you ever want to come back, you can totally come back. I walked out of the parking lot and I remember thinking, I am never going to step foot in this parking lot ever again. (laughs) Like that would be defeat. Like if any worst case, if my worst case scenario is that I go work in-house someplace else, that's not that bad. It's not that, that bad of a worst case scenario. Um, so I gave myself a few months. I'd kind of, I had savings. Um, I gave myself a few months to, you know, find clients and figure it out. So when I opened up my computer, I had the benefit of a friend who, you know, I said, okay, who do I need to get malpractice from? She gave me the broker who, you know, got her, you know, malpractice. That was the first thing I did. Second, I think was probably build a website. Third was probably build an Instagram. Um, Perfect. <laughs> and then when I started making a little bit of money, the first thing I did was have someone else build my website. Yes. <laughs> I am not a website developer. Um, and so that's, you know, my, you know, website has gone through several iterations. So I will tell yeah. someone who is thinking about, you know, that this is the one day when that one day comes, give yourself some grace realize that your business is going to evolve over time. The way I did business when I started my firm versus how we do it now is very different. And it continues to change as my team changes, as my vision changes, as the type of clients we want to call in change. Um, When I first started, I launched a lot of people do this these days, a lot of flat rates. And I did that too. I launched because I'm transactional. So I launched with a lot of flat rates. I launched with a membership um, and those served an excellent purpose at the time. But for me, what they were calling in was a different type of client than the client that was willing to invest in whatever time was needed. And so, and what I actually found was I wanted to build a relationship with my clients and that transaction and moving an already transactional practice into transactional billing practices created not a relationship with your clients, but actually created this strain of you would deliver work product to them and then you were kind of done. So there was this, you know, 
hesitation to continue the conversation. They didn't know if they should ask more questions. Sometimes they would, and then you would have to put up a boundary of like, well, you didn't pay for this extra time. Yeah. And it created all, it just, it didn't feel good to me. And so being willing to evolve is a big part of starting your own business. So that service for a little while, we had a membership, which was great. I never did it like unlimited. I didn't, don't, don't fall into the sexy words of like unlimited and this and that, like mine still honored my time. Um, Once I didn't need that reoccurring revenue from the membership, we wrote really nice emails and said, Hey, this is what we're moving to. This is how we're changing the way we do it. And it's to serve you better. And I think I still have every single one of those clients today. I knew so it. Yeah. Knowing that you can evolve and your clients are going to evolve with you is a big part of it. And, you know, communication could not be more important. It is the number one most important thing you do, even if it's just acknowledging their email. Like yes. every day, no email goes unacknowledged in our inbox. Granted, we do not check emails Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. And I encourage my team to do the same. I don't check emails. They don't check emails. Our clients have our phone numbers. If they have an emergency, like emergency. a true emergency, yeah. they will reach out. Um, but you know, we don't we don't make ourselves overly available. We set boundaries and we stick to them. And that has been a big part of our culture. Knowing how to build a culture, knowing that communication is key is probably the two most important things and you'll figure the rest out. Wow. <laughs> it's like, I've always wanted to start my own firm and I feel like this conversation couldn't have come at a better time just because, you know, so many times you think like, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur, like you said, or I want to be my own boss. I want to do these things, but it's like, how do you do that is really difficult to see sometimes. And just to hear these few little steps that you can take and to think about as you move through your career, because as baby lawyers, what we're about to be, you know, the next five years are so important just to like the addition to the foundation of Mm -hmm. our legal practice, you know, and it makes me happy to know that like, there's a potential to really build out the culture and the style of law firm that I dream and see in the future. So Gosh, it's just great to hear like not working on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, having those boundaries. Like that's literally what I want because oh. I feel like it's unsustainable to not have that. It's honestly the most rewarding thing I've ever done because I, I left corporate law because I felt like, man, I don't really have a community. Like I want to have roots in my community. Yeah. And since leaving, I feel like I know all of the small business owners. I know what's going on. I'm part of this community and it's, it just, there's this different sense of belonging. There's this different sense of purpose, negotiating a much smaller contract versus negotiating a huge contract for a corporation yeah. and supporting the interests of a small business is much more rewarding. Now I'm not, not to say that the only way you can launch your firm is, you know, being transactional or being in business. You, you don't have to be either of those yeah. things. People are looking for resources and people that they can build relationships with across all practice areas. At all times, someone needs a family attorney and you don't have to do all the things. That is probably the number one biggest mistake that people make is that they, if they want to go start a firm, that they try to do all the things. Don't do all the things. Pick an industry and do it well. Don't, you're, we're not like in the old time movies where like, you're the only attorney in town and you have to do it all. 
do estates and trusts or do business or do family or do bankruptcy or do, do whatever it is, right? But pick an area and do that area really well. As you start to, if you ever get to the point where A, you want to, or you, you know, you ever grow a, a, a team, you can start to expand practice areas that way. That's a really great way to expand practice areas. It doesn't always have to be more of you. So you don't have to be an expert in every area because laws are changing, things change. Mm-hmm. And in order to serve everyone really well and to stay sane, it's really is best that you like honor a specific area and just do it really well so that people know exactly what you do and how they can, like what they can come to you for. That's why I named my firm Guide My Business as opposed to naming it, you know, my last name, which thank God I didn't because it's changed. My last name has changed since then. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was really nice to do a trade name because I wanted people to know exactly what we did and never to think that I did divorce right? Like I didn't want them yeah. to mix me up with anybody else. Yeah. Well, they come to me and ask me, do I, do I have a good referral? hundred percent, but they know I don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. I think this conversation is going to comfort a lot of people just knowing, you know, you can do things your way in law school. You don't have to follow the norm or the traditional route. Like you can, you don't have to join law review or moot court to be a successful attorney or open up your own firm, you know? And firms can look so different. And I think what you're setting up here is a, like we like to say, sustainable, you know, like life work balance and all of that. And I think um, that people just being aware, right? Just having someone give them, I don't want to say permission, but kind of like permission to, yeah, validation, like someone in your corner, right? That can say, you know what? No, like You're doing right you thing. can be a transactional lawyer if you want to and take yeah. these classes and you don't have to take trial practice if you don't want to, exactly. you know? Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I think there is like, there's like these stigmas like, oh, oh, you didn't do the right. Oh, you weren't on journal. Well, I hate to say it. Like, no, I don't remember who was on journal. No one probably cares at this point who mm-hmm. else was on journal. Like yeah. you, you do things to build, to build relationships with people and you do things to build your, your foundation and your experience. And if it doesn't honor you, don't do it. Like we're, you guys are adults. <laughs> By the time we enter law school, even though sometimes we forget because we've been in school for so long, mm-hmm. you are adults that have to make your own decisions. And just because that's the way it's always been done, doesn't mean that that's the right way to do it. And especially for female attorneys out there, we're still breaking the tradition. We are still trying to find our place in our industry and carve out one that is sustainable for us. I have a friend that I'm getting lunch with this week who told me last time that she wants to start, like she wants to quit her job and start her own firm. And I was like, great. And I've had friends tell me that, you know, great, I'm going to quit and I want to come work for you. And I'm like, no, you can do it yourself. Like I, like there is so much possibility. We don't need anyone else to support us. We forget sometimes that we are in, in a career that's scalable that we have the ability to move into different industries to, you know, do different things. I think we sometimes just picture like it, like our stage is set, like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, I took all these classes. So like, I better do this, or this was my first job. So this is what I'm, this is my life. That's not true. Yeah. You absolutely have the flexibility to make changes and evolve because you're going to evolve as attorneys, as humans, um, you know, in your personal lives, and you're going to want your career to reflect that. 
even your name's going to evolve. Even your name, <laughs> your name may change. I mean, I have friends that didn't change their names yeah. um, when they got married because they didn't want to. I personally yeah. was just like, nah, I'll change yeah. it. You know, I mean, it wasn't for any like any reason. Yeah. I've heard people have really strong opinions about changing their names. Do. For me, I just, I didn't yeah. <laughs> care that much. I just wanted to have the same name as my husband and my kids. I thought that my life yeah. would be easier that way. Mm-hmm. So mine was not this like, you know, huge decision. Um, I will say for anyone who's ever considered hyphening their name, I, for a little period of time during in, like moving over on insurance and some stuff. And I have two, my, my first last name was four letters and my new last name is four letters. So I did have the benefit of two small last names, but they hyphenated it for a while. Um, at like on my, some of my medical stuff. And I was like, I kind of like that. And it was like, I was already married at the time. So like, yeah. I couldn't go back and change the paperwork. But for anyone who's like ever considered hyphening, I was always like, no hyphening, that seems so silly. But I actually kind of liked the ring of it for a little yeah. bit. So for anyone who's ever considered <laughs> it, just know, like test it out. Like there's so yeah. many ways you can do it. <laughs> right. I, it's so interesting. I mean, as ladies, that's something that we think about, right? And uh, it just shows as ladies, we evolve, like you said, not just as lawyers, but as human beings. So thank you so much for coming on here and chatting with us. We enjoyed it so much. This was so fun. Thank you. Yeah. It was just, you know, like I said, comforting, I think. And I like just knowing everyone's path and all, especially when people open up their own firms, like I want to know exactly what they did. And I love what you're doing. And, you know, we always talk about like, oh my gosh, I would love a three-day weekend and it's, it can be done. That's just another example, guys, of it can be done. Exactly. Yeah. If anyone has any questions, honestly, like slide into my DMs. Yeah. Let's talk about it. You know, as I enter in this new season of life, Um, that's something I'm really passionate about sharing. I was super passionate, you know, in the past year about building a team to support this vision and kind of the growth that we've had. Um, but the next stage of that to me was, you know, not on top of the team, but also having like these conversations, like what does maternity really look like when you have your own business, when you're a professional and you want to show up for your client, like how, how do we juggle all of the things? Um, and so I'm going to be sharing a lot more on that on my, on my personal Instagram. And we've actually kind of opened up our, a law firm Instagram, because I feel like now that it's not just me and it's, I'm speaking for a team when we're giving advice, I wanted to have more of a team atmosphere, not on our, only on our website, but even on our Instagram presence. So we're changing the way we're doing things again, we're evolving, but if anyone ever has questions, please don't hesitate to reach out because we're going to start, I'm going to start sharing a lot more about what it really looks like. And, you know, I think just, I just want people to know men, women, anyone that that listen, that you guys are giving such good information on this podcast. And I think giving people the reassurance that things can look different, that we don't have to do it the same way. And that, you know, we really get to create our own careers, regardless of how traditional our industry can be. Like you guys are going to be part of that change. Yes, that is absolutely the goal. And we will have all of your contact information below your Instagram handle and all of that so that anyone who wants to reach out to you can. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you, ladies. Thank you so much. Thank you. So guys, she hasn't had her baby as of Sunday, Halloween, but who knows? I have a feeling she is going to have her baby very soon. 
She is so cool and so knowledgeable, sweet, cute, and fun, as I like to say. Also, she had the intention and desire to be a mom, and she followed through on that. Also, guys, like, screw the myth that you can't go in-house right off the bat. I also put in the show notes, you know, a little bit of description about what a Fortune 100 company is, how to look up the Fortune 500 list, and find different companies and corporations in your area that you could potentially work for. We also know that a lot of you guys might not want to be litigators. So this is a great episode to refer back to as you go through law school or if you're like, guys, I don't even know what a litigator is. So as you go to law school and learn more about what the different types of law are, this is a good episode to refer back to. Yes, because I think um, you know law schools in general, they really do push the litigation route at least in our experience. So it's really insightful to know, you know, what other avenues of the law there is. I have never really had any transactional experience and I'm wondering now like, hmm, what is that like, you know? So definitely a good episode to refer back to. Save it, send it to your friends, and yeah, on that note, stay safe. Stay healthy, wear your mask, get your booster shot if you're eligible, and yeah, just keep on doing what you've been doing if you're surviving in law school. If it, you can probably hear it in my voice. This is the night after Halloween, guys, um, and we're hanging in there. <laughs> as in, in yeah, there. hanging in there, as in like I just chugged Pedialyte and now I'm not feeling too great. So on that note, I'm going to go rest up. We will talk to you guys next time. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye.